Tonight's show is being sponsored by two outstanding friends of the show, SolidFire and Thousand Eyes. SolidFire provides industry-leading flash storage scalability and quality of service for cloud providers with deep integration with OpenStack, CloudStack, and VMware. Thousand Eyes delivers end-to-end visibility of your network and application performance, all via an intuitive SaaS consumption model. Take a look at both these companies. Good people, excellent products, and we're happy to have them as sponsors. Cloudcast Media presents... From the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. Tonight, it's uh, both Aaron and I. Aaron, how are you tonight, man? Good to have you back on the show. I'm good. It's I think it's been forever since we've both been on a show together. <laughs> I know it's been a while, uh, but we're we're back. We're we both survived the Krispy Kreme. We're good. And uh, tonight, last week we did some we did some shows, sort of digging in a little bit to technology, sort of preview of the RSA show. Uh, tonight we're gonna we're gonna do a follow up, uh, talking again about technology. Um, you know, you and I are always sort of interested in in companies that not only kind of shift the technology paradigm, but but are doing it in new business models, new delivery models. So uh, tonight we're going to dive into that a little bit. Uh, we're excited to have uh, Elastica, a uh, new company, uh, somewhat new company here tonight, and we're excited to have uh, their CEO, Rehan Jalil. Uh, how are you tonight? Uh, I'm doing very well. Thanks a lot for hosting me. Excited to be on your show. I yeah. uh, just came back from RSA and looking forward to sharing what uh, what I learned from there uh, the show yeah very good so l- let's start let's start with with you and the company give us a little bit of background about about the company about the founding team because the the not only the the founding team but also the folks that you have advising you have a pretty interesting and rich set of backgrounds so tell us a little bit about you guys yeah uh, so we are we are a company of about seventy people now based in Silicon Valley in San Jose uh, funded by uh, one a larger VC called Mayfield Fund. Um, what I'm most jazzed about is the the kind of people I'm, uh, I have the opportunity to work here. Uh, it's quite a diverse team coming from uh, machine learning, data science uh, background. Uh, the chief scientist of SourceFire, he's our CTO, uh, and people who have done, uh, you know, run large cloud operations like WebEx or have worked at Zynga or Yahoo or Zeus. There's a very interesting combination of people coming from uh, diverse backgrounds like machine learning, data science, as well as security uh, and front-end. Uh, we just launched the company, uh, and I'm happy to share with you what, uh, how that went and uh, what we focused on. Very cool. Very cool. And we, you, know, you guys just took a round of funding here back in, in February, so the, the products are launched and you guys are, are funded. Things are getting off the ground. Tell us, tell us about what... Tell us a little bit about about your experience at RSA. RSA's gotten to be a humongous show. What's what are the trends you're seeing? What what were you guys sort of specifically focused on this week? Yeah, RSA, as you know, is is the show. Uh, if uh, any player that is uh, in security uh, generally ends up, you know, showing and uh, participating here, um, there was a lot of activity. I, I'll tell you uh, till today. There was the end of the uh, exhibits happening at three o'clock, and even at the last minute, there was there was a lot of activity uh, happening there. Now, the key things I would say uh, in the traditional um, security uh, business, you know, on-premise firewalls and all, advanced persistent threat uh, 
certainly was uh, on everyone's mind, cybersecurity, and, uh, you know, it, that was driving the discussion. Uh, at the same time, and that was, you'll see that that was mostly larger companies like FireEye and Palo Alto and some of these companies uh, kind of trying to showcase what more they are going to be doing to uh, prevent from th those threats. The uh, very new thing that uh, was coming from more smaller companies was more about uh, newer trends. And, and new trends is more like uh, employees are going to the cloud or companies are adopting cloud applications, how uh, the data on those cloud applications are, is going to be secured, uh, that you started hearing that buzz again. And I, I bet, you know, next RSA is going to be even bigger companies may have uh, uh, more of that actually in their in their messaging. Uh, another thing I would say is that um, people are starting to realize that point solutions, um, you know, just just firewall or just uh, uh, some kind of a DDoS or IDS IPS may may not be the only answer. You probably you know you certainly have to apply more uh, machine learning and mathematical models to to solve this problem. And and that clearly was evident in, in the messaging of of, of uh, you know a bunch of players there. Okay. Now, <clears throat> you guys focus on what what you're calling a, a cloud SOC or, or cloud security operations center. That's a big concept, um, and and you look at it or you you bring it to market, not so much totally security-focused, but a lot of it, like you said, based around big data, machine learning, analytics, you know, sort of a more real-time, more artificial intelligence-driven type of thing. Where do you guys play in this? What's what's the role that, that a security SOC plays versus what, you know, traditional uh, security organizations do, and, and, and what sort of what sort of part of a, a customer's problems are you guys trying to solve? That's a great question. Uh, so I'll try to draw contrast. Uh, so let's say if you are a mid-sized to large-sized company, um, you have built security operation centers. Mm -hmm. And the way these security operation centers have been uh, you know, made useful, they collect data from all uh, on-premise uh, firewalls and you know IDS and DLP solutions. And on the other hand, also take a lot of input from uh, the on-premise applications and correlate it, and, and then you know you have a good view of the threats. And if you want to do some forensics, you can go back and perhaps you know look at look at you know what, why the threats uh, were there and who was probably the source of the threats. Now, that is possible when things are on-premise or you have access to these uh, infrastructure. Somehow you can plug into those that infrastructure. Now, whereas uh, as you see the new trend. Uh, with the consumerization of IT, employees are perhaps one of the best source of finding uh, the the best applications for their job. Uh, you know, sales team may find what is the best CRM tool or best lead management tool, and they will perhaps adopt it. And similarly, here goes for the marketing, and same goes for the finance and maybe the other departments. Now, in that context, the that trend of adopting SaaS applications is, is certainly... Uh, helping the companies, uh, and uh, you know there is a big benefit to the companies itself because they don't have to deploy any infrastructure, buy servers, and all. But the big issue there is that an impediment I would say there is that the if these applications are sitting in the cloud uh, on a third party uh, as a multi-tenant application, you do not have a way to monitor it because employees can go from anywhere to that third you know third party multi-tenant application. And right. 
your sock is getting more and more blind. Your sock had the visibility, but now it is getting more and more blind. So what our cloud sock does is actually it complements and augments your existing sock for cloud activities. Okay. Uh, what you what you as the, to, as the resources fragment, you 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 need that ability to kind of go out there and and still monitor everything, no matter where it is, right? Absolutely, and I would say that think about fast forward five years from now, the mid-sized companies perhaps would not have anything on premise, you know, where they will have most of their applications and data would be somewhere in the cloud, and employees would be going there directly. Now, in that context, do you want to build your own SOC on premise? It's useless uh, at that point. So what we want to actually project ourselves to say, look, we are going to be the SOC as a SaaS for all SaaS applications. So we'll give you all capabilities that you need as if we are your security operations center for your SaaS applications and cloud applications. And that's the platform that we have. We've, we've actually, one thing I want to highlight that we announced the funding now. We had raised the funding about 18 months back. So we've been heads down in stealth mode, building basically underlying platform uh, such that we have the capabilities of uh, SOC, but for the SaaS and cloud applications. Gotcha. So so in essence, it's it's almost the, the enterprise or mid-markets have become borderless. You guys have to become somewhat of a of a borderless SOC or you, you have to be able to sort of emulate that. Mechanically, how does that happen? How do you, how do you find either where the traffic's coming from or or how how do you how do you see all that traffic if it could be coming from remote offices it could be coming from mobile phones how, how do you guys get in the middle of all that yeah i think that's a great question so we 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 work along with multiple uh touch points uh we we also that believe that you know one solution will not cut it just having to be like a proxy or something may not be the solution here because you know, traffic could come, as you pointed, could be coming from any device, from a home computer or something, and even applications start talking to each other. So that's why if you look at, you know, some of the information that we have publicly disclosed, uh, our platform architecture, that we tap into multiple uh, points uh, where, you know, it could be, uh, could be flowing through our gateway, could be uh, through APIs. Uh, we collect all that information and uh, the magic actually happens when you apply machine learning data science on the collected data. And the flow of information coming to us in, in some cases could be based on partnerships with, you know, uh, different vendors. Uh, you can, you, which we already have announced one of them, uh, Center 5, we announced uh, Monday, I believe, we announced that this week. Yeah, uh, based on that, you focus. Yeah, yeah. They they focus on identity management. You guys are focused on traffic analysis, application analysis. So you can you can manage both who's who's accessing it, and then and then you guys take a look at what they're actually doing. Absolutely. So I think so. Th- uh, think of this way: is that identity management is a very important piece for opening and closing the door. Like it's something that lets you in or doesn't let you into an application. But what happens after? you let into an application, that's where our roles are. So it's a very complementary partnership in which uh, they play a very important role in making sure the right, you know, with the right credentials, somebody is entering the application. But, you know, we take it over from there and say, okay, you let this person enter, but we'll tell you what exactly they're doing and whether it's threatening them. Okay. Cool. So, Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, so, you know, you, you talked about, in some cases, you guys act as, 
as the only sock because because that may make sense for customers and in some cases you're you're sort of augmenting or extending somebody's sock as you're talking to customers what do they beyond just the applications being outside their their boundaries do you guys augment their skills to a certain extent or or are you even starting to see people say you know what you know dealing with the security for SaaS applications working with you guys maybe I'll start leveraging more SaaS than I was on premise or what, what are you seeing in terms of trends that people are getting as they start to to leverage your technologies and and just to kind of add one more to that as well of you know it seems like at least in my old days of dealing with security folks the security folks don't trust anybody um and <laughs> <laughs> and if you're going to augment an organization that you know, historically doesn't really trust a lot of people. How does that even work? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I think that, uh, let me address, I think there are two, two important uh, separate questions. Uh, so maybe I can address the, the first question first. Sure. The security professionals, for good reasons, they have to, uh, as part of their responsibility, which is a very important responsibility on their, on their shoulders, they have to be very thoughtful in terms of who to trust and who not to trust. And, and then part of the reason that, you know, SaaS is, is uh, you know, it, it's always a concern whether they should adopt SaaS or not is part of the reason is security. Now, having said that, as, as you and I perhaps both know, that managed security is is kind of a norm. Even some large companies with tens of thousands of employees, they give away their security management to third-party companies, uh, you know, in many cases, consulting firms. And uh, so that happens quite a lot. Uh, and uh, that trend is, I think, it's going to continue to grow as people try to offload. You know, we do not have internal applications. You do not have a large data centers inside, let's say, for the companies that, that are going that route. And if the data is sitting outside with a third party, perhaps, uh, you know, you've done your diligence, but then you'll do your diligence on a security vendor and also, you know, make them, uh, make them responsible for it, but you'll monitor it. So having the right audits on top of your security provider as well as your SaaS provider, I think they, they will have different levers and different visibility on, on both parties at different level. So I think that probably is, and some companies are, as you as you pointed, they probably would not never be comfortable with it and they will try to probably do everything on their own and it's gonna be a mixed bag for, for quite quite some time. Um, now, I forgot the first question that you asked, can you remind me that you had another question on that? Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think you touched on it a little bit. It was, you know, what are they what are they typically looking to augment is it is it really just as soon as we lose our borders we lose visibility because it's saas or or because you guys do so much that's analytics based and machine learning based they feel like they're augmenting just existing skills in in some way yeah so the first thing uh, i would say is that um if you think from IT perspective, uh, because of consumerization of IT, where employees have taken more control or BUs of starting to start adopt, you know, applications which you simply can start using without any support from IT, you can start using by putting a credit card. Mm-hmm. And in which there is kind of a IT has been left behind in many scenarios uh, where they want to be partner. They want to be partner to... Uh, their BUs to uh, to their employees to actually enable them to use the best applications. But security, if there is no provisions for security, they can't really be true partners. They can't just say to go ahead and use it and you know turn the blind eye to it. So in many cases, you would see uh, larger companies, they kind of have a very sledgehammer kind of approach to say, look, 
we're not going to support using an application. Uh, these applications, we'll shut them down, except for these two or three applications which are whitelisted. Now, the main impediment impediment for those companies is security. Now, if and why? Because there is no easy way to monitor the activities in a granular fashion of what employees may be doing on top of their application. I mean, they, the firewalls may tell that which URLs are getting used or which applications are getting used, but there is no way to go beyond it. You know, there's a concept of uh, knowing the app, but then what do employees do within the app that, that is not known, and that's an impediment. So we enable that. Now, how do you do it is, is important. Uh, if you make it super hard, for you know security or IT to actually adopt it, then it's it's an impediment in itself. So you, which if you look at some of the things we have really focused on is the user experience. Uh, it the word gets used quite a lot, but I'm not sure everyone kind of really gets it. Uh, and what we've spent a lot of effort on is to make sure the the even if you have rocket science of analytics and all those, if the humans cannot consume it, uh, it's all useless. So we try to really simplify it. And literally, you use the metaphors and and the terminologies and the uh, the way to express it is very much like a consumer application. I think so. That is another enablement that security folks are not. You know, uh, this is not something that you know they have to. You can, this is more like do it yourself kind yeah. of a, kind of a thing if they, if they want. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, you know, we could we could we could get into the platform quite a bit. Your your, your website does a very good job of sort of explaining the various aspects that you guys provide, whether it's sort of baseline analysis, how you do, you know, detection and so forth. Give us, give us the layman's version. I, you know, security obviously has like, like you talked about lots of different parts, you know, firewalls and IDS and APTs and all these things that, you know, do a lot of monitoring. Sometimes they'll take actions. You guys provide a much more holistic kind of thing. Give us just a walkthrough when, when problems happen, how far do you guys go? Is you're, you're monitoring things? Do you do you start stopping traffic? Do you is it just mostly alerting? Or what's what what really happens when when problems happen? Thresholds get exceeded and so forth. Yeah. So the um, the approach we have taken is we have built it uh, as an underlying platform that we call in cloud sock. <clears throat> However, on top of it, we have built what we call Elastica apps. Uh, and I'll explain to you why we've gone that that route. Um, different people in the organization may may actually have more interest in uh, different kind of functionality. Uh, so let's start with the audit part, which we call audit, which actually audits the shadow IT. Um, shadow IT is the terminology that's uh, well known and gets used when uh, instead of the formal IT doing the IT, the employees start doing their own uh, IT. So in that scenario, the firewalls may tell which URLs are getting used, but the IT may not have full uh, visibility and understanding that how risky those applications are. Take the example of Dropbox versus any other application like Box. And Dropbox may be very famous, big brand, very successful among consumers, uh, but from perspective of security, it may not be uh, as desirable as compared to some other applications uh, on the story side. So can IT uh, discover which applications are getting used, but can they 
find the business readiness rate, uh, rating of these applications and compare the one application to the other. So that's the beginning. So you discovered it, you understand this is high risk or less risk, but what do you do after that? So our one app will help you to find those applications and rate them, but then if you want to do more with it, then we have an um, app that is called Detect App. What Detect App does is, first of all, it, it gathers all the uh, event tra- uh, events and transactions that are going on on these applications that IT wants to bless and, and have used. Um, but at the same time, it will also start rating the transactions with a threat score. And threat score is assigned to every employee, and depending on you know uh, what is the level of the threat score, uh, you can pay more attention to it. For example, if if a company has hundred or thousands of employees, uh, now which employee do you pay attention to? Uh, if IT guy shows up every day, he's not going to start looking at you know events of everyone. Oh, okay. So you, can, can look- so you can so you can drill down into individual users or individual types of behaviors, then not just uh, a location or a type of device or something. You got it. Absolutely right. So we literally can tell that which employees are of interest and where IT should pay attention based on the threat score. Um, and then they can dig into it and you know if they want to take any preventive measures, they can do it. Now, let's say you find out that uh, an, an employee's account has been used for some malicious activities. Now, do you want IT to do some uh, actions manually or you want those actions to be happening automatically? So that's where we have a protect app where you can define very simple policies based on threat score uh, that we assign based on machine learning or based on some other matrix ba- uh, for data protection. You can define those mat- metrics ba- you know, which will apply on a specific group of employees or a specific employee. And if that employee tries to violate it or if their threat level goes above that, you know, the, the threshold that you define, Either you can trigger an alert or you can actually have them kind of stop that activity um, before it happens. In essence, you can find both bad behavior, but you can also find people that are, in essence, being attacked or, or targeted as well, sort of both sides of the table then. Exactly right. Exactly okay. right. So, um, so now you've protected it. Um, you, you had suspicion, and based on the suspicion, you protected it. Now, if you want to go investigate it, uh, and you want to make sure that investigation, um, uh, your protection that was done, it had some justification. You have to go back, look at the the trail of records. So we have another app that is called Investigate. And Investigate helps you to, in seconds, uh, run a query on a very specific person for a given time, and you will get get to the you know the bottom line of why either they look threatening or if they were trying to violate a policy. You don't have to kind of open a new ticket. You can just run this query on it and go to that time period and you, you'll find out exactly what was going on. Okay. So, so what we've done is... So mm-hmm. it's sort, sort of a little, a little bit like a... I don't know if this is a bad analogy, but it's a little bit like a security DVR. You can sort of rewind what happened to see you know, what was going on and, and maybe what led up to it. Is that potentially... Yeah, I think you... you you use a great term. It is exactly like that. You just can rewind, and you can just play it back and see exactly what that employee was doing. And you have a click trail of everything uh, that employee was doing, and uh, that's kind of a legal proof also in some ways. Okay, excellent. Very cool. So you, I mean, you, you guys provide either a complete package where people can get sort of granular 
whether it's by job function or, you know, kind of compliance officer versus security officer versus something else, maybe even the network team, or people can package them also, or, you know, people could kind of get them all together then. Yeah. See, if you think about from the persona roles within a company, uh, the forensics is perhaps more useful for the uh, security analyst, uh, whereas, you know, uh, more from compliance perspective uh, or, you know, or even from IT security admin perspective, uh, audit may be, you know, uh, more interesting. Uh, so I think it depends on the persona. They may be more, the, the job function may be more tied to the forensics or and will be more tied to configuration of the policies. Accordingly, uh, we've kind of carved it out as uh, separate applications. Gotcha, gotcha. Makes sense. No, absolutely makes sense. So, I, you know, I'll sort of sort of wrap this up, but I want to kind of come back to something you talked about early on, and this might be a little bit of a bias question for you guys. You know, you said you're seeing more and more of a trend of, of companies that, um, you know, newer companies, smaller companies that are that are going to market as, as, as cloud companies, SaaS applications, they're sort of trying to attack or address the new types of applications, the new ways people are doing business. You guys obviously have a ton of expertise around analytics, which is is not a it's not a simple skill to find, and it's it, you know it takes quite a bit. Do, do you guys feel like though the 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 way you use technology, the way you deliver it, is it possible for non cloud companies to sort of keep up with the pace that? that you guys can deliver the technology or the pace, you know, if, if you're not doing it as a SaaS application, you're delivering it as a package piece of software, can you really keep up with the pace that the attacks are changing, the the user models and behaviors are changing, or is this does this really have to become the new normal and and it's not only a SaaS application, but it's got to be driven by analytics on the back end? Yeah, I think analytics will play equally important role on-premise and we probably can we will see more innovation happening, uh, no question, uh, for on-premise also. Uh, on-premise side, for, from my own perspective, it's kind of a, they're very established large players uh, in, in that, and it's hard to kind of um, be above the noise. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's kind of more like a red ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas use of SaaS applications is uh, growing very fast, but still, large companies have not adopted, you know, that many of SaaS applications, but it's going to grow. So smaller companies, um, as always, they have to look for some new problem, but it's still a big market to solve. And I think that's where the biggest market is going to be. So today, if you see large companies, they do not have any play uh, in this segment. But uh, I am sure next year, you will start seeing more and more even the messaging from large companies for this kind of a market segment. Uh, so I think the role of analytics perhaps is equally important on-premise and off-premise. Okay. Off-premise is actually a lot more important because it's a wild, wild west. Even yeah. applications are popping up every day, new applications are popping up, new mobile devices, the way they get used, they're, they're coming. And I think that's where you, you can really, really leverage the power of uh, analytics and make it a more holistic solution. Okay. And, and today... Uh, Elastica primarily focused on SaaS applications, but but will you also address people that want to leverage, say, Amazon Web Services or Google, let, you know, infrastructure as a service types of environments, or are you going to primarily focus on SaaS for for the near t- near term? We we're focusing on both, and, okay. and hence, if you look at our mess, uh, on our website, we literally call it the cloud services because 
some enterprises would want to put their own applications in AWS and they would have similar concerns in how this, uh, how their applications are getting used and uh, technology needs to be provided and we do think that, you know, some of the techniques that we have, they can be applied uh, on your private applications also. Okay. Outstanding. Well, I'm going to go ahead and, and sort of start wrapping it up there. I, I think uh, it's very, very interesting stuff that you guys do. It's, you know, I, I see it and it's, you know, there's a little bit of, it's sort of the better business bureau because you can go off and, and give people insight into, like you said, various cloud providers. So they have some, some uh, uh, objective views of what's going on. You have the ability to, to, to look at it from an application or from an end user perspective. So you can deal with technology and user behavior and, and uh, you know, and you can deliver it sort of the native way that it needs to be for cloud applications. So it's, it's very, very interesting what you guys have put together and, and we're looking forward to seeing how it, how it grows uh, in the future. But um, I thank you so much for being on tonight uh, for myself and for Aaron. Uh, thank you so much for being on folks. Uh, as always, you can, you can find uh, information on the show uh, at thecloudcast.net. You can always leave us a, a review on iTunes. Um, real quick, uh, Rehan, before we go, where, you know, RSA shows over, where can folks beyond the website uh, find Elastica? Where are you guys going to be out in the industry uh, for the next couple of quarters? Yeah, um, of course, website uh, is, the, is the primary uh, place to be in touch. We, we're going to be next, uh, I think it's probably says on the website also, we're going to be in, uh, I think, CSA conference next. Okay. Uh, so we certainly welcome people to come. Uh, we actually, in this conference, had uh, a lot of uh, touch points. We had an interesting contest. Uh, we gave away a Ducati uh, just today uh, in, a, in a contest. Yeah, so a lot of people participated in it, and uh, we we hope that we uh, people like product, and we hope that uh, we can uh, uh, serve uh, these same people as our customers. Very cool, and folks can sign up; they can get uh, trials and demos and stuff like that off the website as well. Absolutely, uh, there is a there's a link there in which you can request a demo, and uh, we have this the systems engineering team, which is kind of on standby. Very cool. Well, folks, uh, you know, uh, go take a, go take a look. We'll put all their details in the show notes. Um, let them know the Cloudcast guy sent you. And uh, uh, Rehan, we wish you guys a bunch of luck. Thank you so much for being on tonight. For everybody, uh, have a good night and a good weekend. Thanks.